Welcome to Trackside Stories, everybody. I hope you are having a wonderful evening, day, morning, whatever time it is where you are. This is an episode where I am sitting down with the amazing, incredible James Morgan from Gridlife. Although James wears many different hats, both inside and outside of Gridlife, he is, most importantly, a very good friend of mine. We have uh, come to know each other very well over the years from uh, all the different Gridlife events we've done together. So this one, we sit down, share different experiences we've had at the track, and we also share some really important things that people need to remember when they're at the track and the most vital and by far the number one most important thing to be doing when you are at the track for your weekend or your race to be an absolute success. And that is having fun. You guys got to remember it's it's absolutely vital to have fun first and foremost in order to enjoy this. Because if you're not enjoying it, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Round three, here we go. (laughs) Goodness gracious, man. Dude, my phone's the same way. I literally, I turned off the the auto sleep on my phone for that exact reason. Yep. Because it just makes it miserable otherwise. Dude, it's like, I could hear you and then it would just, you're like, oh, I think we lost them. And I'll look back and it's like, oh, guess what? (laughs) Oh, well. I'll add an intro, so don't worry about all that. But uh, I will say, for those who don't know who you are, uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and kind of give a bit of a rundown, because obviously you and I know each other, but but there are, of course, people who may not. So give us us like a a 30-second snippet into the world of the multi-hat wearing James Morgan. Uh, so, I guess if I were to, first of all, I'll apologize again for the faint hum of Honda Fit in the background. But, <laughs> uh, if I were to summarize who I am, I would say, I mean, I'm a, I wear many hats. I'm an instructor, grid staff slash helper outer of grid life. Um, I build track cars as a live uh, for a living at Speed Freaks USA out in Illinois. I'm a father. I'm married. My wife, she puts up with my antics, and uh, I appreciate her very, 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 very much for it. But uh, overall, I'm just a dude who's out here trying to have fun and like just live a good life. Right there with you, dude. Right there with you. Our wives, I definitely get more credit than we do for putting up with all of the antics that us track guys go through. No way I could do it without her. Like, Same. Same. But with my wife, not your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Combined households. Might, that, that might be the way to live in this new economy. Bro, no freaking joke. Gas is outrageous. That's why I've been driving the fit everywhere. I mean, I was already driving it everywhere, but now I'm really driving it everywhere. I, like, got rid of my tow truck and everything. Dude, we, you know, Adam used to talk about spending 500 bucks in diesel to go to an event. I just spent 500 bucks in gas to get the Gingerman and back for Midwest. Dude, I believe it. I mean, I've been looking at some of the GLTC drivers and what they spend in fuel to get to and from events now. And I mean, it's it's coming up on like entry fee to the event is the cheapest part of it. Yeah, 
No, that's dude. That is no exaggeration at all. Like, thank God, grid life entry fees are not outrageously expensive. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I I I don't know how much the entry fees are though. I haven't paid an entry fee in my life. Um, I, <laughs> I Adam Jabay taught me the art of how to race when you're really really broke. And that is volunteer your time, volunteer your time, and volunteer your time. Well, yeah, that's you know that's what what I did at AMP, and will be doing again at Lime Rock. I mean, it's such a it's such a cool way to get into track stuff too, and not a lot of people bring up like one of the easiest ways to really experience the track and see if you actually like it is just to volunteer with your local like with your local organization. Yeah, I, seriously. And it's not like it's terribly hard work, but it's right. necessary work. Right, it's right. It's necessary work. Um, and yeah, it's not the hardest either. Like, you meet some really cool people doing it, whether you're volunteering, working grid or pit lane or doing tech or even like helping park or, you know, running registration or stuff like that. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful way to get your foot in the door to see if you, like, really want to do this without having to spend a ton of money. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, I mean, and then you meet cool people who, well, at least in the grid life world, you meet cool cool people who came from other expertise in other areas like Becca. You know, Becca came from the festival world, and her and I sat there and ran the merch booth at AMP and had a great freaking time cutting up and laughing. Right, you know, it was just a blast. Um, I always find that interesting about racing and the racing world as well. Uh, the many, many, many different backgrounds that people come from. Um, it's always so interesting to me that like how different everybody is and how we're all united by this silly love of watching cars go around in circles or driving cars around in circles. Yeah, and wait, in a way. We're, we're sophisticated and easily amused all at the same time. Right. <laughs> we're like, we, we can break down every square inch of a car as to how the suspension's set up, how it's tuned, what the internals of the engine are, what the arrow's running, the angle, you know, the amount of downforce, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, the car flies by and we go, <laughs> loud race car. I mean, right. Um, at the end of the day, we're all converting money into noise. Yep. Well, some of us, you know, the EV market in the racing world is starting to kind of kind of dig its foot in. And I, I think it's a good thing and a bad thing. I don't really. There, there's a lot. And that's like a whole nother tangent for like a whole nother time that we could talk about for like right. a month straight. You know, we, we would both die of dehydration and starvation before we finished. Right. But I, mean, I, I, I do think that EV cars are, are, they have a place and they're wild when they're done right. But it, for me, it would just suck because these guys are going, because I mean, you and I both see it. We see Teslas and, and Lucids and stuff going to track days and they're only getting like 20 minutes of track time the entire weekend. And it might be a three day event. Because right. they're sitting on a charger. And that, that to me, I'm just like, man, that sucks. 
when they get the technology for the batteries right that EV racing will definitely be a thing. And I think it's going to be a good thing, you know, like I, I know a lot of a lot of people will disagree with me, but I think EV cars are amazing and I think they are definitely the future. Um, but I will definitely race noisy petrol cars for the giggles. But I yep. think EV cars are definitely going to be a whole different animal, a whole different breed of its own. See how that evolves, like how racing evolves when they really, really figure out battery technology. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Because, you know, right now, I they couldn't do a Daytona 500. They would do like a Daytona 10. Right. <laughs> I, it, they just it would not if they just can't do it yet, which is okay. And that's the thing is, a lot of people are getting into this mindset of like, oh, EV cars need to be able to do 500, 600, 700 miles now. And it's like, guys, what, like you got to understand, this is still a very new thing, right? Like this, you is, know, it's just now, like mainstream out public stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I agree with you there. Where it's like, I mean, I think it's amazing when you when we have EV cars that do like 300, 350, 400 miles a gallon or, or miles to the charge, and then you have like the new Rivians and stuff that can actually tow or the F one fifty Lightning, like stuff like that is cool to me. Like I really, really dig the innovation that has to go behind that. Dude, when I watched the release for the Lightning. I watched it with my wife and we both were sitting there and I, I was like, eh, we'll see. And then by the end of it, I was like, okay, where do I put my name to get on a list? Because I want one. Especially right now, right? Can you imagine an electric tow rig? You'd be like, you'd go to every event you could. It wouldn't matter. Oh, yeah. Like- I mean, because you just find it. You just find it. You plan your trip. I mean, yeah, you've got to like add an extra day or two there and back but you just plan your trip to stop at a supercharger or you know just one of the bigger chargers charge up overnight in your hotel or whatever and then go right and you're you're golden like even if it takes an hour to charge for 300 miles of towing right yeah get out you stretch your legs you eat you relax and you keep it going i mean how much how much especially right now would you save over the over the bill of trying to tow with a diesel truck or a gas truck. Yeah. Like, it'd be ridiculous. You'd be like, oh, man, that, that event's in California? Cool, I'll be there. Yeah. Because, I mean, with the, the fact that diesel, even down here in South Carolina, which is usually, like, one of the cheapest areas in the entire country, like, diesel is still more than a 4 for 4 at Wendy's. Yeah, gas is more than four a four for four at Wendy's. I mean, I live uh, I live about twenty minutes south of Chicago right now, and gas in my neighborhood has just hit about six dollars a gallon. Good, yeah, and yeah. I mean, again, I I'm not complaining too much because I picked the right time to race Honda Fits. Um, I think at Midwest I used two full tanks of gas, including driving to and from the event, plus every time attack session and taxi session couple of hbd sessions you know so dude that's the one nice thing about my e36 being a 318 you know how much gas i used 
the whole weekend? How many gallons? Half a tank. Yeah, like. <laughs> and I, I mean, and you saw I was, you know, especially Sunday. I I was like, foot to the floor, not holding back. Right, like I mean, I, you know, we picked the right time to race kind of slow cars. Yeah, that's that's incredibly true. You missed my uh my seven twenty spin in turn six. Oh, I did miss that then. Yeah, that's a yeah. That's a good corner to do a spin uh spin in. Yep, I was I went into five a little too hot, and I felt all four wheels starting to slide, and I, I was trying to regain it. You know, I was off throttle tried to regain it and then the front end gained grip going over the rumble strips yep and then the back end touched the dirt and i was like well here we go <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it you, you kind of you're kind of like really loaded up like whole right side of the car is really loaded up as you're coming through that left hander if you yep. dirt drop right there yeah it's usually what happens it's uh yep. it's, it's, time it's like a vacuum yeah, it just it, it's like a vortex vacuum, and it just sucks you out into the grass. Actually, a couple of years ago, I had a really good, uh, really good turn six moment chasing a buddy. We were both driving. Uh, he had an he had an EF Civic hatch with a V twenty VTEC swap in it, and I was driving an EG with a V twenty VTEC. He had an LSD, and I didn't. So, like you know, we're about the exact same horsepower, almost the exact same weight. So I'm chasing him. I'm chasing him. And we come through five, and I'm like, man, I don't know if the car's going to hold, but I was like, I'm not going to let him get away. And same thing, super loaded up, come flying through five, six, and uh, right rear wheel drops in the dirt, and it sends me flying between the brake markers in seven. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Dude, for my first time in Gingerman, I know you've been many times uh that's a that's a fun track it's a very it, it's it's complicated enough that it's challenging but easy enough that you can learn it and not feel incompetent or you know anything like that like i i had some trouble with seven eight nine and i talked to scott robertson about it and scott was like Dude, you could follow five different drivers, and all five of them are going to take a different line. Yeah, like it's it's one of those you have to find what works for you and works for the car that you're in. Yep. And uh, Gingerman, I like to tell you that Gingerman, you it's it's so easy to drive eighty percent of the way fast, and that extra like twenty percent finding those little like those little tens here and there. That's where it's actually really challenging. And I mean, even now, I'm still like, I still find myself talking to people talking to other drivers chasing other drivers and like going, oh man maybe i should try this differently um and 789 yeah. is a perfect one of that so in the fit it's uh it's actually a flat corner and it doesn't seem like it should be but it is and uh, i've always found that the like like scott said if you talk to five different people five different people will tell you how to do it differently like nobody says the same thing um yeah it's just always so interesting to me when you find little stuff like that because Gingerman itself is a flat track. Or to drive around at cruising speed, you go, oh, well, there's nothing exciting about this track, you know? Like, there's no huge elevation, no blind corner. There's like, 
one corner that's technically blind, but it's actually the straightaway. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just it just doesn't seem like it should be fun. But I have a ton of fun on it. Like that's like, even though it's not my closest track, that's my home track. Um, I've got more laps there than. Yeah, the, the I only like turn I, said, I would say. Go ahead. I was gonna say, just like I said, I'm still finding myself learning new ways to get around that place. It's really cool. Yeah, for sure. I the only corner I I experienced that was kind of blind and that was partially due to the time of day was on Friday when that sun was just beaming, like all day. It was it was actually kind of toasty on Friday. Oh yeah. Um, but when the sun was right there at 10 B. Yep. And I'm learning the track, and I'm like, I can't see anything. Yeah. And I come up, I come up over the crest, and I'm like, oh crap, I'm supposed to turn. Yep. That crest is technically blind, and it's technically part of the corner, like it's technically a kink, I guess. But yeah. I mean, once you've been there enough times, it's part of the straightaway. Like you just set your car to straight line, and it doesn't matter. Um, and yeah. sometimes I actually forget that, like that, not everybody is used to you just going up there. And uh, they were like, you know, they had never been on track before. They had never seen Gingerman before. And we come out 10B and, you know, I just crest the hill and go. And she was like, I thought you were just going to drive off into the grass. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, no. It does look like that. Day. Yeah, it really does look like that, though. Yeah. It, um, I've had the privilege of driving Gingerman at night. And oh, dude! I bet that's night, a blast. I was say at night, you you really realize how because you're you're technically going slightly uphill, so your headlights point straight up. And yeah, if you don't know where you're going, I actually watched the Porsche do exactly that. I had let him by and followed him, followed him going up the crest, and I just watched him drive straight off into the grass. Yeah. You- Another track that is well, you know, because what what what's his name? Alan Wilson that designed Gingerman, yeah, or some yeah something like that is also the guy who designed Carolina Motorsports Park. Really? Yeah, like after driving both, because I've driven CMP and now Gingerman. Uh, Dude, Scott Robertson hit it right on the head. It is literally Gingerman is literally CMP cut up into like a puzzle piece and rearranged. I can believe it. If I remember right, I think the same designer, I think he also did Autobahn South in Joliet. Um I don't know for sure. I can't I can't remember. I, I can swear I heard that, but I mean it's another one of those where it's like uh, Autobahn South had a really fun course where if you really think about it, you're like, oh, hey, wait, like I've done all these corners somewhere before. Yeah. Um, but CMP is definitely one. That's one on my track bucket list. I want to hit a lot more Eastern track. Well, dude, come down to CMP. You know, that's only two hours for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to make it. Yeah. Thing out so of it's, it. it's, yeah. For sure, for sure. It's a super fun track. 
I really, really, really want to go try there. I mean, some of some of my favorite tracks on the East Coast, like uh, Summit Point, Shenandoah. I had so much fun there when we went. Uh, Grid Life went in 2018, I believe. And man, that was a really fun course. And then there's always Mid Ohio. Like I can't, I can't get enough of Mid Ohio. That's a track I want to do. Mid Ohio is so fun. It's uh, really challenging the first time you go, but it's super flowy. Like if you just kind of pay attention to where you're at your first couple of laps, you'll get the hang of it really quick. And then it's just so good. And that's got another one like madness going over the hill. Um, it's a, uh, it's a right-hander into a uphill blind left-hander that goes down then that crests and then drops downhill. And, um, that's another one where you could ask 10 different people and they'll all tell you a different way of taking that corner. Dude, speaking of right-handers going into blind left-handers, AMP 12 and 13. Man, AMP, <laughs> what a track. Like, I had heard a bunch of talk about AMP. A lot of friends have told me, like, it's really, really fun. Um, and I, after going to Road Atlanta a couple of times, I was like, man, this is amazing. And I, I've heard many people say, like, yeah, AMP is, like, it's even more fun. And I was like, it can't be. And we went, and holy crap, what a good time that track was. Dude, we had such a great time that weekend. That was such a good time. That was such a good event. It was such a good chill event, too. Um, oh, God, yeah. Like super duper heavily attended because, uh, I mean, that's kind of how new tracks are when, uh, when we go. They aren't usually, like, crazily heavily attended unless they're, like, people know about it already. Um, yeah, a bunch of like the locals came out to AMP and like showed us around and showed us the way, man. And then also getting that track, I, I was like, I got in at like midnight going to AMP and uh, I hit the back roads at like 11 p.m. and holy crap, those back roads are great. Uh, that's how it is down here in the south, dude. Man, I'm so jealous of you all for that. Dude, you you've got to come down and visit for a few days, and you and me will go hit like. 215 highway 215 and caesar's head and 178 all these super fun mountain roads around here you'll you'll have a blast dude it's so much fun yeah i'm really in like i mean i love going down to like tennessee and seeing the smokies already anyway um fellow fit driver matt williams put on an event right after amp he did uh fits and friends at the gap and we spent like two days hanging out at a cabin going through the dragon going through like a bunch of the uh roads down there visiting the dam and man what a great place to live it also kind of explains why he's so dang fast like <laughs> every day is driving through roads like that he used to be a, a photographer for Killboy for a while so he used to go oh, really down the dragon every day and wow yeah, after watching him drive through the mountains, I was like, ah, no wonder you've got all the records. That's nuts, dude. Holy crap, I didn't know that. Yeah, super crazy. He's uh, him and uh, fellow other fellow fit driver, Kevin Head. Um, they're both part of Team Brap. They know, like, every corner on the dragon, the names of it, backwards, forwards. They t they've told me stories of them running it at night and doing all types of stuff and I've, I'm so jealous like I'm so jealous of the ability to just go I want to go drive a fun road and then go 10 minutes away from your house you know 
like in yeah. Illinois, everything's flat and kind of boring. Yeah, that that's one luxury we have down here is the mountains are only just shy of an hour from my house. So, like, if I want to go run up to Caesar's Head for the day, which is a fun road, it's kind of rough and really bumpy. Um, and sadly, there's a lot of traffic. But if you catch it on, like, a weekday, it's pretty smooth and there's nobody up there. Uh, but other than the pavement being just garbage because South Carolina roads are not all that great, right. it's a really, really fun road, especially... For us low horsepower guys, the downhill is just an absolute blast. Man, speaking of low horsepower and, and roads and mountain roads, uh, just more more waxing poetic about the Dragon. The Fit is the perfect horsepower for the Dragon, and I didn't believe it until I drove it with the rest of the Fits. Like, you strain the car in second gear pretty much the whole way, like second and third gear. And I was yeah. like, there's no way this could like there's no way that this could be fun. But it's the perfect speed. Like it's the perfect speed to have a really good time and not get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Because the the limit is so low, it's easy to drive the car. It's easy to push the car around some of the corners. It's easy to push some of the brakes. And you're still not going so fast that you're gonna slide off the cliff or slide into a wall, you know? Like there's still yeah. that you still have got that cushion before you before you really get yourself in trouble. Yeah, and that's that's what kills me about people on the Dragon, dude, is you, you get these guys in GTRs and Mustangs and, you know, 500 horsepower or whatever, and they just go and try to rip up and down the Dragon and end up, you know, throwing their car in a tree or in a ditch or, you know, God forbid in the fall, they build up a bunch of leaves under the car and it catches on fire because their brakes got hot and Right. Like, that, that type of stuff doesn't happen in slow cars. And in slow nope. cars, you can just flog on them. You beat them up, up and down, all around, and then they happily take it and take you home. Yep. Like, I could, uh, I could share my love of driving slow cars until the end of time. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I'm still coming down off of this weekend, man. Like, this weekend was... Probably the best grid life event I've been to, given I've only been to four of them. But this one is probably the best one. Mid Midwest Fest is special every year. It's uh, I'm glad you came because I was gonna say you can't really experience grid life unless you experience a festival. Like you can experience the trackside stuff of grid life, but you have to go to at least one like. You have to be go to Midwest Fest. You have to go to the big one if you want the full experience because, man, the full experience is crazy. Oh, for sure. Because, like, so this is my third festival. The one before this was obviously Alpine Horizon last year yep. where you and I met. And then the one before that was the very last Grid Life South at Road Atlanta. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so like you, then you've experienced like festival is its own spec. Like Alpine is its own special animal, and I I love it dearly. But like, and South was South. South was a crazy party as well. But there's just something. Dude, South about, was nuts. 
there's something about Midwest Fest, like packing Gingerman literally to capacity, um, and then just having a humongous party with all your friends. It's the it, and it's like the event everyone wants to go to because it's the one that started Grid Life. So it's like I don't know. It's got such a special vibe around it, and this year did not disappoint. Oh like, no, absolutely track, not. The after track parties was unreal. Like I don't know if you came. We had a uh, we did karaoke on Saturday. I and, walked uh, by, but I was on my way to go eat. <laughs> dude, we did karaoke from. 11 something p.m. till 4 in the morning which was actually shorter than the karaoke party from last year because last year's karaoke party was from like 8 p.m. till 4 a.m. I think but this year was so wild like uh, Matt and Kevin and Hoop and all them and Team Brat had to shut down the list at like I think they shut down the list at like 1 a.m. because it had already reached enough names where it was like cool we're not going to finish this till 4 and I, you would have thought it was an actual concert with how many people were there and how they were how they were getting rowdy and there were a couple like I I played uh I did break stuff by Limp Biscuit and killing them the name of Oh yes, dude. <laughs> I started two mosh pits, like dude. Oh like, Bro, you should have you should have just came over there and grabbed me. Man, I I couldn't get away. I couldn't have got. I couldn't get. I couldn't get away <laughs> long enough to even like find my phone. I think I was, like set it in my car to charge, and I didn't see it again till four a.m. when it was had time for me to go back to bed. That was the only downside to Midwest was there were so many people. Like you and me and Adam are constantly trying to like talk back and forth to each other. And messages aren't going through till like twelve hours later. Right. Like there's no data. Yeah, you're it's all it's almost like you're like sending a carrier page and now you're sending a smoke signal trying to find your friends. <laughs> to to put into perspective to those listening, I texted James at like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the evening. Friday or Saturday evening, I think. I don't remember. It was either Friday or Saturday. And I was like, hey, dude, do you want a steak? And then he got my text at like 6.42 the next morning. Yeah, I like looked at the text and I was like, wow, Justin's up super duper early and having <laughs> steak for breakfast, I guess. I was like, well, you know what? I could use a steak for breakfast. <laughs> oh, it was so nuts. Such a good time, though. Dude, how about that? Freaking Formula Supra, though. So Ryan Turk's Formula Supra, uh, so freaking cool. It was almost magical. I swear, every time it went out, it felt like the paddock went silent as everybody was just listening to it. Dude, it was um, so loud. Oh my I'd gosh, been, it was so loud. Dude, I'd been following that build for a while, and I know a lot of the other people like Grid Life had been following it for a while, and we had all just been anticipating because he told he said he was going to bring it to midwest we had all just been anticipating anticipating and man that car did not disappoint no the it did not that, that thing made were orgasmic there there are a few things on this earth that sound as good as a judd v10 screaming on the rev limiter 
to yeah, and to hear that in person. Like I, I watch tons of videos of hill climb cars with Judd V tens and whatnot. And uh, I didn't grow up in that era of F one when they were the dominant motor. But I, or, but I go back and I like watch videos of those cars running like when they were doing V ten Formula One cars. And yeah, uh, dude, to just hear that in person, there was no sound like it. Nope. There's nothing on this earth like it. It's just so crazy. It's such a, man, it's such a work of art. If anybody listening doesn't know what the Formula Super is, just go search Ryan Turk on Instagram and look up the Formula Super and just go listen to it. It's so good. You will not be disappointed at all. Not in the slightest. It's so, like, words can't describe how good that car sounds. And it wasn't slow either. That's oh, no. Like, shaking down, not even, like, I, I think that car, that car was capable of uh, 20, like, the 29. And uh, to, to give some yeah. perspective, the track mod record was reset by Will All Young, which I believe the fastest grid life recorded record held by Will again was a 23. So to have that car rolling around just cracking off 33's testing, that was impressive. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does in Time Attack, dude. You know, he's known so well in the drifting world, and for him to kind of shift over to Time Attack and start, you know, his own his own program in that, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, same. That's it's gonna be cool. And he's like the nicest dude ever, too. Oh man, Ryan Turk's so nice. He's so cool, so down to earth too. Like I, I just remember uh, one of the Midwest fests. I don't even remember which one it was, but he had a street car out. And he went and he was drifting, and he blew up the diff, and they dragged it in. And he goes, "Man, blew up the diff." Anyway, jacks it up on two jack stands and just crawls under it and starts changing the diff. And I'm like, you know, most yep. most professionals would be like, oh, man, I blew that up anyway. Good thing I have a team of guys who can take care of that for me. But to just watch him, no shirt, climb under the car, like hop out of the car pretty much after he got towed, jack it up and just start working on it. I mean, I don't know. I have respect for dudes like that. Same. It, it, it's, it shows they're still humble and they're modest and they remember their roots and it's it's an all around good thing to see. So now I gotta. So James. Oh well, actually. No, go ahead. Go for it. For me. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. What was your favorite part of the weekend? Oof, that's a tough one. Because I, as an, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I'm an audiophile. Uh, so music moves me in many different ways like some of my favorite things to ever listen to like ever are movie soundtracks okay some movie soundtracks like really really hit home for me but i listen to literally everything house music edm hip-hop rap Metal, country, jazz, it doesn't matter. I listen to all of it, and I have an appreciation for all of it. And I was a musician for years. 
so that also all of that that taste of different genres really grew and blossomed during those years because I always wanted to get better and a part of getting better at playing drums, which is what my instrument of choice was learning so many different styles of music. And I just through doing that, I would learn to appreciate them. But like, dude, Cascade freaking killed it. Joyride killed it. Just, they were so good. So, so good. Nice. Uh, But I'd say overall, other than hanging out, like with you and Adam and Austin, Kinsey, all everybody that we know, but the entire Grid Life fam, I would say would be being on track, learning a new track, and having a corner click, like that light bulb go off, and then get back around to it and do it exactly how I wanted it to be. That was probably my favorite part of the whole weekend. Nice. Which corner would that be? There were several. Nice. That's good to hear, man. That's really good to hear. That's like my favorite thing to hear when people talk about driving, especially when it comes to tracks. Just like getting that, getting that aha moment, you know? Yeah. It's like so rad. getting one, hitting one right. But not just hitting one right, but also hitting one in a way that I'm set myself up really well for two. Yes. That that's a, a great feeling because two is a ton of fun. Um setting up three, staying flat, coming out of nine, going into ten A. Uh really, really like just chucking the car into eleven. You know, like breaking just enough that I can just throw the car and hear the tires squeal and just slide it over, but and carry as much momentum as I could through eleven mm-hmm. to to carry as much speed down the straight as possible. Just just doing every lap and improving every lap because you know sometimes you like hit that that kind of a plateau for like a weekend. Because right. you're you're there's fatigue setting in, but you don't realize it's there, and you're like, "Crap! Why am I going slower?" That that wasn't an issue this past weekend. I went faster every single day. Dude, that's great. That's really good to hear. So I was super thrilled with the whole weekend. Nice. That's good, man. I'm really glad you had a good time. Like it's like. Being able to have my friends come from out of town and enjoy Gingerman is almost like and I showed them a good time, you know. Well, I guess now it's 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 my turn to flip that on you and get you down here to CMP. Dude, I am hundred percent down. Like learning, like you said, learning new tracks is one of my favorite things to do. Like, just that experience of something new and different. Oh, it's so good. Because my buddy Dan does these open track days. And 
like the the cost is relatively low. Okay. It's only a day, but dude, it is green flag drops at eight, checkered flag flies at five. Just open sessions all through. You just go. It, it's like a Sunday at Grid Life, like a Sunday afternoon, yeah. but it's all day. Okay, I'm definitely you, interested. I'd be down for that. You just go and just rip as long as the car will let you. I'm definitely down for that. Yeah, I'll talk to him and, and uh, I'll get some details and whatnot and see when the next one's going to be. Because he does like two or three of them every year. Yes, please let me know. I would be so down for that. And I'm sure we have a couple of buddies who would also be down to go. I, I don't doubt it. I, I, there's definitely... Some people who need to. Adam needs a day like that. That man is so daggum busy. He needs a day to just go to the track and just rip. Seriously. Adam needs a vacation. A Adam is definitely on top of the list for people needing a vacation the most. <laughs> uh, before I interrupt you, it sounded like you had a question for me. Oh, I, I was going to ask. Um, what is the earliest moment for you that you can remember uh, I don't know about you but like I grew up around cars uh, you know my, my mom was into cars my dad was into cars uh, my cousin Scotty raced in the NASCAR goodies series back in the day uh, my cousin Brad has been into, into drag racing forever so I was always around cars, but, you know, everybody has that moment where it it really captured them that they can remember. What would you say that that moment is for you? Um, let's see. For me, my dad, uh, my dad was really big in the cars. We used to read like DuPont registry and stuff together all the time. Um, but he had a 93 Mustang Cobra. That was like the coolest thing in the world to me. And I can remember riding with him in that, going places, going to whether it be like car shows or just overall just hanging out and driving it around and cruising it. That would probably be the moment where I can remember cars being like, hey, man, this might be a thing for me. Um, but funny enough, racing didn't actually come into play for me until I was 20 something. Um, I had always played racing games, you know, like, like every other, every other silly car enthusiast. I grew up playing like Gran Turismo and stuff like that. No, oh, yeah, uh, we all did. How I ended up getting in the track stuff. I had a buddy who, like, I used to do a lot of car shows things like every other, every other silly car kid. I used to go to car meets and stuff like that. And we had a buddy from the SCCA who, uh, had the same last name as me. Um, his name's Patrick. Good dude. And uh, I remember us connecting over the fact that our last names were the same because we were like, that's pretty silly. And he was like, well, anyway, I do this thing where I go race cars on racetracks. And I was like, that sounds crazy and like way too much money. There's no way I could do that. And uh, he actually invited me out to come watch it. And I was like, I was I was enamored with it. Like, I was like, wow, you could like take normal cars on racetracks. That's crazy. And uh, speaking of Adam, Adam is the reason I am in grid life and all that stuff. Um, 
I've known him since like 2010-ish, I think, or something like that. And uh, So you guys go way back. Yeah, funny enough, we do. Like, I met Adam because I gave him a car park for free because I had heard his name before. And I was like, oh, man, people tell me you're nice. So I was like, just take this for, like, something he was building. And we ended up just staying in touch. And then I was like, oh, I learned he, like, ran a – he would – uh run a, a track day once a year at gingerman so i hit him up and i was like can i can i come out and see and uh he was like sure and that That's was wild that was, and i was just like cool i would like this thing is super cool i would love to just help out wherever i can and he invited me to come help out at a festival one year and i haven't stopped helping out since and the rest is history <laughs> right but yeah, if I had to, if I had to dial back to like a specific moment, it's definitely, definitely riding in a Mustang with my father. That was always super cool. And it was yeah. like, yeah, and he's, he's, uh, he's still a big old child like I am. <laughs> so he used to do burnouts and stuff in it all the time. It was great. Yeah, my dad was the more. My dad's retired military, so he was a bit more. Uh, mature and restrained in that regard uh but you know he had his toys too he had a, a bunch of uh 240z's 260's 280's he, he's had several of them um I, actually he's had more than that i can't remember the total count i think it's like 17 or something like that it's some outrageous number um i'm shocked he doesn't have one now i'll say it sounds like a man after my own heart Tons of silly, silly toys. Um, but the 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 racing bug came from mom, who, when she was younger, back in the seventies, had a nineteen seventy Boss three hundred two. Ooh, okay. Yeah, a beast of a car for back then. Um, and I had heard all of these stories of you know like your mom's the horn and your mother's Mustang worked perfectly fine because it was brand new because it had never been used, but she was buying tires once a week because when <laughs> she showed up to your house, she didn't honk the horn. She would do a donut in your driveway to let you know she was there. <laughs> That's so cool. And from what else, what I've been told by several people who grew up with her and her, I heard the story from her originally but it's one of those like, yeah, yeah, but you're the one telling me. So right. it's not the same. And then when you hear it from other people, it's like, oh, wow. So this is like, I believed you, but now I really believe you. Uh, but there's this little skinny road in Asheville, North Carolina, which is where my mom's entire side of the family lives called River Road. And I mean, it's barely wide enough for a car. And it's you know, mountain face and trees on one side and the French Broad River on the other. And nothing but curves. Man, that's and cool. Everybody said, like, driving up and down the main highway that runs through Asheville, which is called Leicester Highway, or if you're a local, it's called Leicester Highway, they could beat her all day long. You know, they would leave her in the dust. But the second she would take off down River Road and they would try to race her, they would just let off because they said nobody could catch her. <laughs> she got pulled over 27 times in that car. 
and only got a ticket once because they were shocked that, you know, because back then, you know, as bad as it sounds, people were shocked to see a woman drive that fast. Mm. Yeah, I can believe it. I mean, unfortunately, even to say now, sometimes like people are still shocked to see women racing. And I mean, we've got a, there's a, there's a couple of women that race in grid life now. And even then, I mean, you know, you wonder why it's not such a, like why it's not more common. And I mean, it's something I love to see, dude. Like, uh, you know, Devin Hoffman with IAG, she is an ambassador with my nonprofit. Okay. And she is like, she's blistering fast. She is fantastic. Yeah, she is fast. That super she has is really nice too. Like, yeah, I remember seeing that for the first time at Road, uh, Road Atlanta. That car is real nice. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's definitely it's. I mean, it's always so super cool to see women come to grid life and just own it and win and turn laps and like a good friend of ours, Lisa Keys, just did her GLTC comp weekend at Track Day Picnic at Blackhawk Farms. Oh, dude, I saw that. That was awesome. Yeah, and I like to bring my daughter to the track whenever I can. So, like, knowing she has role models in this to look up to or at least to be able to look up and be like, wow, that, you know, she's just like me. It's always, it's, like, heartwarming to me, you know? Like, I think it's super cool. And, like, I mean, if you if you can ever get her on a podcast, uh, Renee Hines, the race director for Grid Life, has tons of stories about stuff like that and how – the boys used to jaw drop at how fast she was because she used to whoop all their tails. Oh, dude, I'd love to have her. She, I would absolutely love that. She's a certified. I don't. I don't know if you do cursing on this podcast. No, she's go for it, Devin. Devin flies off at the mouth, bro. <laughs> I was. I was keeping it a little tame because you know you never know when you when you first record with somebody. You know, like, all right, I don't. I don't know the the target demographic. I don't want to. Nah, dude, you're good. It's, it's all track people here. I don't want to give them that uh, that explicit rating too soon, but <laughs> seriously, Renee is super badass. Like she has so many stories, and she is a wealth of knowledge. Like it's so cool. God, dude, that that's awesome. We have met in passing, but we've never actually gotten to like formally introduce ourselves. So I'll definitely have to fix that if she's at Lime Rock. I she should be she should definitely be there I believe but yeah I mean mate like I would say make it a point to just sit down and listen to some of her stories they're so cool like more importantly I, are you gonna be there oh Lime Rock yeah of course I'm, oh, heck I'm yeah. not missing that come on man it's they're gonna have DTM cars from the 80s and 90s plus like iconic touring cars from the 90s and early 2000s oh my god I am going yeah you and me because I I'm I'm 30, so you're what? Yeah, uh, 31. Okay, yeah. So we're right about the same age. So we're gonna get to see and share a track with cars we grew up watching. And I was like, I am not missing this for the world. Like, like I there, there's when, no way. I remember when Adam was kind of talking about it, and I was like, Oh man, that sounds cool. Lime Rock, that would be pretty cool. But I was like, Man, 16 hours. And then the very next month, turn around and go 16 hours to Colorado. I was like, oh, man, one of those might have to lose. 
And uh, the more he talked about it and the more he talked about what was coming to Lime Rock, and not to mention it's Lime Rock. Yeah, like, it's a bucket list track. I was like, oh, all right, man. I was like, I'll do it. 32 hours, uh, 32 hours of, or 64 hours, I should say, of road trips in a month. I'll do it. Let's go. Because I'm not missing that. And I don't, I don't miss Alpine. I went to the very first Alpine and I mean, like I said, that event is magical in its own right. So I mean, that it, event is it, insane. The, Last year was so packed. The ability to run the track with no sound limit for as long as we want is the best part. Like uh, the very the very first year they did the night drifting. They had the concert going in the background while yeah. it was happening. And uh, I remember Adam going. I remember Adam going like, this shouldn't be legal. Well, how are we allowed to do this? <laughs> it was the coolest thing ever, man. It was, it so- was like, uh, like last year, dude, that, that Sunday, you know, it, that's the, like the, the secret of grid life, you know, the best well-kept secret is Sunday. Seriously. Because it was, I remember Everybody else was gone. All the drifters were gone. There was like a handful of HPDE and time attack people left. And bro, it was you and me out there just ripping around PPIR. That I, there was one point in time where uh, I was the only person on track. I was yeah, like, that's because I was getting ready. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they let me out, and they threw the check. They, they didn't even throw the checker. They, I was like out there on so long that they just like rolled the next session technically, and like cars started to join me, and I was like, "This is nuts." And uh, if if you'll if there's anything I can tell you, when you see the Sunday Cup drivers, no, we take all the laps. Like I had driven my car from Chicago to Colorado, had done all the time attack sessions, and then Sunday came around, and I was like, "Well." I guess I'm going to keep doing more laps before. Like, I think I did laps until it was time to leave. Yeah, because I got off. I came off track at like 415, 420, somewhere around there. And it ended at five. And of course, you know, we've got the long haul back to South Carolina, which we did straight from the track. Without stopping, too. So that that part was nuts. We did the same thing getting there. Um, but I remember I lo- I was loading up, and you were still out. I mean, if the track is open, I am uh, I am always one who will try and drive it if I can, because I believe that seat time overall is how you get fast. Yep. And you're you're probably gonna hear my family in a minute because my daughter is like I'm at home. My daughter's like staring at the window. <laughs> I'm just gonna go in and let them know I'm recording a podcast really quick and pop back out for a moment. You're good, dude. All right. I also don't know how long you guys usually go, but uh, I mean I don't really have well, time. We we go as as long as we're able. Nice. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing too ridiculous. We're not doing like four or five hour podcasts. I mean, if you want, if you want to see some slightly, I'm just like name dropping all the podcasts of buddies that I know that I listen to. If, if you, you want to listen to some long podcasts, man, 
the boys at Ten Tents. They cannot. Oh God, yeah, dude, I love them. I love their podcast. One of these days, we need to do a big, uh, a big meetup and have everybody just sit down with their recording thing of choice and uh, record a giant episode among them all. Dude, that would be nuts. You, me, the slip angle guys, the track walking guys, the ten tenths guys. Hell, if we could get Matt Farah and Zach from the Smoking Tire, just just <laughs> have one big gigantic podcast session at like Midwest next year or Alpine next year. I think I think everybody would just have to stop podcasting after that because how do you top it? It's like, all right, well, I guess this is the uh, this is the end. We're done. This is the, this is the grand finale. This this is the big shebang. Right. <laughs> Oh man! So what's next for you, dude? Like, what? What? You got any other projects other than the fit? Um, yeah, actually, I do. I have a, I have a rather silly project. Um, I'm taking, I'm actually taking the next month and a half or so off track stuff, so I can put it together. But I have a first gen Odyssey van that uh, I picked up from Texas, which was a story all in its own. But I, uh, I picked it up from Texas. And uh, I'm doing a manual conversion on it, and then I'm going to slap a turbo on it because I kind of miss having a cool turbo streetcar. And the idea of having a 500-horsepower minivan is hilarious to me. <laughs> like, a 500-horsepower stick shift minivan. That's nuts. So that's, uh, that's on the plate now. I mean, I have most of the parts for it. Um, I just actually picked up the engine for it, finally, uh, which was kind of like the last piece. Only because I was like, I, it's not like it's a hard engine to find because those things came with the same 2.3 liter that came in like early 2000s Accords. But yeah. it was just, I was putting it off until I had everything else. So, yeah, over the next like three or four weeks, I'm going to be putting that together. It's going to be run off of Haltech because uh, the Haltech guys are amazing. Um, I got my hands on an Elite 750. So, I figured, yeah, dude. Because, you know, who else can, like, I want to, who else can say, like, hey, man, I've got a, a, a turbo street minivan that makes 500 horsepower and runs on a hall tag and still has seven seats. That. <laughs> I was walking around looking in, uh, in Carl's GLTC Odyssey. Um, and for those of you listening, yes, you heard that correctly. There is a guy in Gridlife Touring Cup who wheels an Odyssey. And that thing is nuts. And uh, the running joke is no one outbreaks the van. There's nope. many, many, many documented videos from races of the past where people have tried to outbreak the van, but that thing has like 16-inch brake rotors. Yeah. I mean, I it stops harder than I, – I would be – I would guarantee it stops harder than any other car on grid. That thing's nuts. We – uh. I had some friends uh, from the Carolina Z Club here that came down to visit and watched a little bit of GLTC when we were at AMP because they were in town at Z1 Motorsports getting uh, their car dynoed. Right. And one of our buddies that came down, he had never been to a track before. You know, he's been into cars and whatnot, but he's never been like to an actual track, seen a race in person. And he looked at the Odyssey and he's like, yo, what the hell is that? 
<laughs> I said, it's a race car. He's like, that's a minivan. I said, yeah, it's a race car. He's like, there's no way. I said, just, just wait, just wait. Yeah. yeah just, just watch. It'll, and then it'll he, come clear. He watches Carl go by and this thing sounds like a freaking formula one car screaming by going into turn one at AMP and we're up on the balcony and he's just like losing his mind at what he's seeing. It was so great. It's, it's you're like, yeah, I promise. I know what I'm talking about. It's a race car. Yeah, I remember the first year it came out, everybody was super duper excited to see it. Now, I mean, it's definitely a crowd favorite. I think it oh, uh, for sure. ever came out was one of the Grid Life South festivals at Road Atlanta. And that was that was where people learned you can't outbreak the van. Because many people tried to like turn one and turn nine, like the hard, the really hard breaking corners. And you just, you can't out, you can't, out, well, one's not a hard breaking corner, but you know what I mean? You just can't out. Yeah. Break. Like the brand, the van at Coda, there's a really good video of him uh, getting one of our, one of our good buddies, Gareth. They were racing side by side down the front straight. And like Gareth had, like Gareth thought he was going to outstop the van. And he had like, when he finally got on the brake, the van went like another hundred something feet before it touched them. And it was like, oh, nope. Like, dude, you don't outbreak the van. That's just nuts. That thing is a riot and a half, man. And like, I I I think racing needs more silly builds like that. Like, I think uh, I think sometimes people get caught up in what looks like the winning formula and what looks like, you know, it what looks like the common street car, the common race car, and uh, they forget that racing is supposed to sometimes also be silly. So yeah. like. DJ at Rudd's Racing had out his K-swapped S10 for Midwest Fest. Dude, I love that thing. Fan favorite. I saw that and I was like flashback to like the NASCAR truck days as a kid. You know, back when they still looked like trucks. Right. And was just like, I really want to see this thing rip. And he's like three-wheeling going into turn two. It's just nuts. Yeah, I think it's so silly. It's S10 with a K24 swap, a ZF Trans, and a Corvette rear end. Um, and they slammed it and threw all the camber at the rear, too. So it, it was mean looking with the days yeah. of the app, too. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. I love things like that. Like, co- like Grid Life's co founder, Adam, has. Uh, has his EF like his EF hatch that's like a tiny turbo D16 that has like the coolest most sophisticated turbo ever. Um, you'd you'd have to ask him the specs on it, but it's like an itty bitty thing that's good for 500 or something horsepower. And then race uh, like Scott Giles who uh, helps out like I believe he's the rookie wrangler for GLTC. He's got a uh, carved twin cam D15 CRX. Like cars like that are so cool. Like just the that's the, the yellow one. Very builds, you know. That's the yellow one that was at AMP. Yep. The uh, yeah, dude. That, I love that car. Yeah, stuff like that, man. I mean, I just I have such an appreciation for those those unorthodox builds, you know. Like, because I mean, there's so many K-powered cars right now. There's so many LS cars, and I mean. BMWs, there's so many E36, E46 race cars, but seeing weird stuff like that, like that stuff's cool. That stuff's yeah. cool. Well, that, that's where I get my, I have my one little oddball flag 
in the mix, you know, being a convertible. Because everybody's like, why are you tracking a convertible? It's like, because it's what I have. Yeah, I mean, you know. Like, is it different? Yeah, but it, it's what I have, so I make it work, and I work with what I have, so. Right. But I don't know if I ever told you, like, my kids will probably bury me in that car uh, if nothing happens to it before then. Because that was the car that is the car that I had the last really great conversation with my mom in before she passed away. Mm. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. And, you know, the a part of that conversation was she wanted me to, like, finish the car and see it through. So that that car is not going anywhere. And I mean, that's right, right. Like stuff like that right there, you know, like cars are supposed to have soul and stories. And that's a car with a soul and a car with a story, you know? Yeah. Is it the fastest thing out there? No. Can it keep up with Ferris? No. Maybe if Ferris was broken and running on like one cylinder first, and even then he'd probably still outrun me. But it's fun, and I'm out there having a freaking blast every right. single time we go to any event. So, I mean, that should be the number one reason why you drive or own a car. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna do anything hobby related with it, that should be the number one reason why you own a car. Why do you yep. own this car? Because I like it and it's fun. Yep, and that's what it comes down to. Like, do I want to get competitive with the car? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, you know, talking with different people about this, that, and the other, about different swaps, uh, you know, different ways to build the engine. And, you know, because it can be competitive and still be fun. But as long as the fun part is still in the mix, then we're going to have a great time. You know, we can't take ourselves too seriously. I was going to say, I also think that sometimes... Sometimes our good buddies who uh, who hop on track with us also forget that it's supposed to be fun because racing can be hard. It can be heartbreaking. It is time consuming. It is money consuming. But if you're not having fun, why do it? Right. Yep. Like what is what is the point if you're not having fun? I a thousand percent agree, dude. A thousand percent. Anything you pour into it and still want more. It'll take your blood, your sweat, your tears. It'll take your time, your finances. It'll take whatever you give it and always want more. So if you're not having a good time with it, then why do it? Yep. Yep. I know some people who have stepped away from racing and just from cars in general. Like, you know, a lot of people who are into show cars uh, or drag cars, you know, whatever, that are just in to this industry. They are car enthusiasts who have stepped away from cars because they're not enjoying it. You know, it's not that they don't like them and that they don't appreciate them and they don't enjoy cars as as for what they are, but it's either they got so competitive or they got so deep into that world that they forgot how to have fun with it. 
you know, when they were building show cars, they're building show cars because they want to win every single trophy they possibly can. Or if they're going to a track, they want to go home with a trophy every single time they leave. And to have anything less is not enough. And, you know, we're, you're not going to win every single time you go to stuff. You know, you go to events, whether it be a car show or a track day. And that weighed on them and they kind of lost their way. And, you know, some of them are starting to get back into it. And, you know, I think they have a new appreciation and a bit more of a like-minded mindset to you and me as being, you know what, I'm still going to do all of this car stuff that I love, but I'm going to do it because I enjoy doing it and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, I think also like some people will, uh, some people will like, they'll kind of look down on you if you tell them you're taking a break away from cars. If you're like a dedicated car enthusiast in the car community, but honestly, if you find yourself not enjoying it and you decide to take a break and that's what you need, that's a super adult decision. Oh, absolutely. I a hundred percent support that because at the end of the day, this is a hobby. Like, and it's, and I mean, it's part of my livelihood, but it's a, you know, it's not a thing necessary for survival. And if it's weighing on you, if it's eating away at your mental state, if you're running yourself into debt from it, I think it's a super adult decision to be like, I'm going to take a step back and there's nothing wrong. Um, Scott well, dude, actually have a really good uh, a really good episode about stuff like that about making adult decisions. That yeah, I, I love that episode. Listen to it, but I, I love listen, that. But I definitely listened to it, and they were definitely a hundred percent right. Yeah. Oh, I agree, thousand percent agree. I listened to that episode and it had a lot of like reflecting on myself and like making sure that like, hey. Am I dig? Am I you know digging too deep? Which I don't believe that I am, but like making sure that I'm still having fun with it first and foremost, and not getting too caught up in like trying to be competitive and not beating myself up when I you know mess up a corner or like hey these people are going this fast and I'm not going this fast, and just making sure be like no you'll get faster the more you go. Mm-hmm. You know, and just enjoy it. And it, that means you get to go back to a track and have fun all over again. So it's a win-win. You get to go faster the next time you're there and you get to go back. And just looking at it from that kind of mindset. Yeah, you have to you have to kind of remind yourself why you do it sometimes. And I mean, yep. especially, especially when you really start to compete, um, because you will you can definitely get caught up in that mindset of, you know, like your results determine how you feel through the weekend. Um, and I mean, it's happened to me. It happens to me occasionally, like even even racing silly slow cars, like the whole reason the whole thing behind us racing in Sunday Cup is to remind people that racing can be fun and it should be fun. And yep. you don't have to be any less competitive to have fun. Um, and side note, I encourage everybody, if you can, to drive, uh, to race a slow car for a weekend and see how much fun you have racing other slow cars. Just yep. to, to melt away the stress that comes with trying, like maintaining a fast car is so nice. But I mean, to, 
you also need to like remind yourself why you're in this. Like for me, I enjoy driving. I enjoy the feeling of being on track with other people. I enjoy hanging out with my friends and battling my friends and having a good time. Um, and I'm not too concerned with where I place during a weekend, as long as I have somebody to play with, you know? Yep. So. And fun, fun comes first. Yeah. Like everybody's in it for different reasons, but as long as we all remember that we're here to have fun because life is hard, you know, work, everybody has to work there, you know, there's stresses of daily life, but it's kind of one of the places where when you go to the racetrack, you can just kind of shed all that off and none of it matters once you put your helmet on. Yep. I agree. Well, dude, in the words of Adam, I think that's a podcast, man. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me on. Uh, this oh, was- of course, man. Absolutely. We'll do it again for sure. Oh, definitely. This is like the first podcast in a while where I didn't talk about serious stuff, and I'm really excited about it. Not that I don't yep. like talking about serious things, but every now and then, you know, it's just nice to it's just nice to chat. Yep. I agree. thousand percent agree. Man, I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, let's definitely do it again sometime soon. Hopefully, let's do it in person like we we're supposed to do, too. Then, uh, yeah, let's do it at Lime Rock. I'll say, I'm down. Then my phone won't drop me 17 times. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, anybody, uh, anyone you want to shout out? You want to throw, like, the, the social media plugs and stuff in there? I, you know, I, I, I shout out all the buddies, all the track buddies. There's so many of them. I don't even know if I can shout them all out. But uh, I'm, I'm going to take this one to shout out Rich and Edie at Al's Auto Body because they're amazing people. And... Uh, I mean, they're just amazing. If you need if you need body work done, and you're in the Grid Life community, it's worth it. No matter where you're from, to take it to them in St. John, Indiana, they're the best. Uh, you can follow their you can follow the Instagram at Al's Auto Body Experts. Um, they are two beautiful humans, and their son Cal is so lovely and nice. Love that dude. I'm uh, friends with all of them on Facebook. We but we've never like officially met face to face, but we've kind of like talked back and forth in like Facebook comments and stuff like that. Well, then I'm going to make it a point to drag you around and introduce you to everybody. Uh, <laughs> I'm I mean, down. We, we always have to shout out track dad, Adam. I mean, he's yep. the man and uh, we wouldn't be doing any of these silly racings without him. At least not all together. Yep. That is true. Adam, Adam has done a lot for all of us. And I, I want to shout out to my uh, my bro chat buddies, Scott, Ben, and Brian. They know who they are. They uh, they help keep me grounded any given day of the week. So, which is another important one we can talk about later about how important it is to have friends good for your mental health and to share with your friends how you're doing. Oh, absolutely, one absolutely one thousand percent. But uh, uh, I've got some good people. Out. Yeah, I won't. I won't clog your time trying to shout out thirty-eight people. So, <laughs> well, count my name in there as one of them. We'll count that as a shout out. Definitely, because you know you can always reach out to me anytime, dude. Anytime. I mean, you're awesome, dude. I'm really glad we met. Like, I'm really glad we met. Almost, almost kind of on chance. So, yeah, super sick, man. So I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna take care of family, but we'll definitely talk soon. Oh, for sure, dude. All right, man. Have a good night, dude. All right, dude. Be good. Beast.